The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world that can be challenging, and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level, so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. We are igniting the spark. We have taken the spark and we are igniting it. I'm your host, Stephanie James. Thank you so much for being here. Just thrilled to have you. I always talk about just taking a moment to take that nice, deep breath. So I just want to invite you to do that right now, whether you're in your car, whether you're at work, wherever you are. Take a nice deep breath down into your belly, and you might even just wrap your arms around yourself for a moment and just give yourself a squeeze. And really, when we're just holding ourselves like that, we actually, the chemicals in our brain, you're giving yourself this beautiful epinephrine, you're giving yourself some dopamine. So you're actually helping yourself to feel good in this moment. And that's what the spark is all about, sparking that good feeling inside of you. So I am really excited today. I have such a special person with me on the show. I have Christine Meyer, and I am so thrilled. I just have to tell you about her. She is is one of these ladies who is just doing so many amazing things in the world. Christine is an executive coach and author of Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants, Stop Overthinking, (laughs) Start Aligning, Live Happy. Love that title. And since 2002, it's been her mission to empower, educate, and uplift. She coaches the ultra successful people who you'd think wouldn't need a coach, but we all need a coach. I'm telling you right now, but she helps them to dream even bigger, reach beyond their limitations and know themselves from the inside out. 
which allows them to move through life confidently and happily while making the impact they want to make. So thrilled to have Christine on the show. Welcome to The Spark. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Our pre-podcast conversation was fun as well. (laughs) It's so great. I I love finding, you know, just like resonant souls. Like you meet someone, you're like, oh, there's a soul sister right there. And (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So I want to talk to you about, first of all, oh my gosh, this book, Keep It Simple Smarty Pants. I love the title. It just speaks to your playful nature, but this book is really important. I mean, I loved, you know, it's a message, I would say, of our times that's needed. Well, I would like to think so. (laughs) I I certainly would like to think so. And, and, you know, hearing people, hearing you, hearing anyone say the title out loud will never get old to me because it always brings a smile to my face when I hear that. And so that really was, it was an inspired title for sure. And I'm glad that it comes across as that lighthearted playfulness, because I do believe that, that we are, we intend to be human beings having this experience in a joyful, playful manner as much as possible. I don't think that we were born to forever struggle and suffer. And so I like to take self-development and conscious elevation uh, consciousness elevation in a playful manner. I, I I think the playfulness just brings it all together. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because also in that title, you know, the keeping it simple, because I feel like, you know, when, when I work with clients, people are feeling like, oh, you know, getting to the other side of this depression or getting to the other side of this anxiety, it's going to be just so much work and we might make it overcomplicated. And really some of these strategies are more simple than we think. I, I think that sometimes they're overlooked before because they're so simple because we as human beings tend to add complexities to situations. And when we make it so complex, we just can't see our way out of it. And sometimes we make it complex because we want to be really smarty pants, right? So finding a way to keep it simple, finding a way to simplify it makes it easier, number one, and and brings clarity forth that through the complexities you can't always find. Yes, absolutely. So that if, if you're hung up on it, having to be a certain way, like if your mind believes it's got to be, as you were saying, complex to be effective, you'll never see your way to how, you know, four square breathing or a certain way of checking in on your own emotions can actually be the key because your mind will discount it as being too simplistic. Too simplistic. Yeah. And, and even the idea that being happy is the key to everything that you want and not only the reason for your being here, looking at that and and believing that that is too simple, that can't be the solution because we have all of these other things going on in the world and problems that we should be looking at. I'm not saying ignore what's going on in the world, but what is a priority is you finding your way to feeling happy more and more of the time, which puts you in alignment with solutions that you want in your own life, but also solutions to whatever else is going on in the world. So it, it is often overlooked as being too simple. It can't, it can't be that simple. 
what happens, Christine, when, when we allow it to be that simple? What shifts start to take place? Well, number one, I think the feeling of freedom certainly starts to take place because when you accept that it can be that easy, that it can be that simple, you let go over time of resistance to ideas, to solutions, to clarity, to all that you want. And so you feel better when you start to move into the idea that things can be simple and easy. And you stop telling so many complex stories to justify how you got to where you are, why you're not where you wanna be, and why things aren't working out for you or will continue not to work out for you. So when you simplify things, you can sort of strip away all of the extra stories that you tell about why things aren't working out for you. And that allows you to start telling new stories for sure about things that you want more of and how things are working out for you. And when you start doing that, then there are fewer, there's less baggage on your back. There's fewer layers of things on your back, if you will. It's like taking that big, heavy backpack off of your that you've been carrying around and, and moving forward without it. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it is, I feel like that, that backpack of false narratives that we've been telling ourselves for so long, it's exactly that is this burdensome backpack. And when we're able to put that down, we're able to rewrite a new story and moving forward Mm -hmm. that can create what we want in our lives. Yeah, that, that can and will, as long as you point it in the direction. It's it's no different than getting in your car. And I like to use a lot of analogies that people relate to. So it's no different than getting in your car and wanting to go east. And if you got in your car, you wouldn't turn it west. You would turn it in the direction of where you want to go. And so I find that as we continue to simplify the foundations and and clarify some of those foundations from which we choose to live by, and they're so simple, they're so consistent, they're so reliable, they're never changing, then it does help to simplify your life. You you run it through these, these three foundations, for instance, that I have in my book, and it clarifies everything. You can put it in those three foundational pieces instead of trying to sort everything out. And, and as you start moving in the direction of where you want to go, your emotions come into play in that sense. And when you're going in the direction of where you don't want to go, you talk about this as well. Your internal GPS is always at play. And as you use, you start to understand that your emotions are quite simply, quite simply only indicators of where you're going, of what you're in the process of creating and nothing more, nothing less. They're not indicators or or messages that you're wrong or bad or unworthy or that you need to explain anything. They are simply indicators of which direction you're moving in, whether toward and more aligned with your desires and more of who you truly are, or whether you're moving in the opposite direction and not aligning so much, you would have beliefs and expectations that contradict your desires in that case and not aligned with your broader perspective. 
Yeah. I mean, that's making so much sense to me and the importance of befriending all of our emotions that show up. If we can really just look at them as just those indicators. Right. Information. They're they're not right or wrong. Yeah. It's just information. We can look at them and go, oh, okay. I'm feeling this sorrow or I'm feeling this anxiety. And instead of saying, I don't want to feel that. If we befriend that emotion and we say, oh, it's actually got some information for me. And what am I aligned or not? And what might that information be? Yeah. Right. What might that information be? Well, again, we don't have to make that complex in, in its simplest form. The primary information that my emotions are are telling me right now are that I'm focused in a different direction than my broader perspective is that in its simplest form, for whatever reasons that I am justified in, right? But I don't need to prove that I'm justified, nor do I have to keep my heels in the ground and say, this is how I feel. And I'm going to keep feeling this way. You are justified in all of your emotions. But the the question is, does that feel good? And it's not about running away from feeling bad. It is about embracing all emotions. And again, relative to what we've been speaking about is understanding that they are simply information that you can use to move yourself. Just like if you were, again, if, if you were in your car and the GPS sent to you, you missed that turn back there. You, you meant to go in that other direction. You would pay attention to that. Well, that's what your emotions are telling you. You're going in, in the air quotes here, right direction in the direction you intended, or you're going in a different direction, make a U-turn. And this, I didn't, I don't own that analogy, but it's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so perfect because we know when we hear that on our GPS, that you missed the turn, something's created inside of us. We, we pay attention to that. You pay attention to it and you turn your car around Yeah. or, or you take the next left or whatever, but we get the picture, right? We're paying attention to that. So why aren't we paying attention to our emotions as information? Usually we're paying attention to our emotions as information, or we're trying to ignore them. We try to avoid the bad and only feel the good, but we would rather feel bad than not feel anything. So when emotions start, it's and and let's introduce into this conversation the idea of momentum. When you start feeling a particular way about something or thinking in a particular way about something, it's so much easier to keep thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling in the same direction, is it? Isn't it? It's like driving to work or driving to to someplace, doesn't matter where you're going. You you will consistently usually take the same way every time because you've come to know it. It's a well-worn path. And so are your thoughts and your habits of emotions. You have habits of responding to life in particular ways, whether it be with your thoughts and or with your emotions. And so again, paying attention to how you feel, simplifying it to this is information. What do I want to do with this this information? Do I want to keep going in this direction or do I want to go in a different direction? Now, you're not going to turn that car around really fast if you're going really fast in the opposite direction of where you want to be. You're going to have to slow it down. So same thing with your emotions. If you're used to feeling bad, and I'll just lump it into one category, you don't feel good about something, you're not going to turn your car around and feel really good about it immediately. It's a process, it's a practice, but keep practicing it, keep shooting for it, and find that feeling of improvement, and you will be, in essence, turning your car around and moving in the direction of where you want to go. 
Yeah. And, and that whole thing, I mean, I, I just am totally into this analogy because I think it's so right on. And it's like, when we get that information, just paying attention to it, that's the first key, right? Because that's the pattern interrupt. That's what's going to interrupt yes. this habitual flow that we're really, and we go really unconscious about because we've automated, you know, this path, the way that we're going to get there or the negativity and so to just start paying attention, oh, I'm having that feeling. Oh, my inner GPS is sounding off right now. That becomes the pattern interrupt. And then to, to start feeling like, actually, that's the signal that I have a powered, I can be empowered in this moment because I have a choice. You always have a choice. And that's really what all of my work is about, is understanding that you do have a choice. There's never any judgment about where you are how you're feeling or, or where you are in placement in, in, in your world. It's, it's more about being able to distinguish those emotions and understanding that this is telling me this, and this is telling me something different. It's telling me I'm more in alignment with my broader perspective and my desires, or I'm less in alignment with my broader perspective and my desires. And I like to think of conscious and unconscious in, in perhaps a, a slightly different perspective, I like to think of if it's conscious and you're thinking it, then you are having a feeling response to it. If it's unconscious here, kind of air quotes a little bit, if it's unconscious, then it's not a big player in your creative process in the results of your life. So therefore, it's not really affecting that your point of attraction in that sense. If you're not having a feeling response to it, it's not a big player. If you are having a feeling response to it, it is a big player, a bigger player in the creative process of what you're prepaving to come next. And so when I prefer to use the word blunder, most people blunder through their life, not paying attention to how they feel. Because when you're having thoughts, you are having feeling responses to most of those thoughts. And the, the impact of that emotion, the extent of that emotion is more in relationship to how much it matters to you. So if something really matters to you and you're pointed, you're going in the opposite direction of it with your thoughts, with your beliefs, with your expectations, with your stories about it, you're going to feel it in a negative way, feeling bad, you'll feel worse when it really matters to you. And when something matters to you that much and you're moving in the direction of it, you feel more joy, meaning there's more momentum in that direction. And so your thoughts are having feeling responses every day. So just pay more attention to how you're feeling. You can't monitor your thoughts. We have thousands of thoughts here and there and here and there and here and there and here and there. So I always recommend to my clients to find a thought that feels good and stay on it. Slow it down, slow it down. You don't need to be thinking that fast. You don't need to be constantly flipping from one subject to the other and pay attention. How often are you thinking about that and then thinking about that and thinking about this and thinking about, you see? And so you're all over the place and that's when you're not paying attention to how you feel. So slow it down. And, and I don't talk about this in my book, but I think of overthinking as primarily when you're thinking about something that doesn't feel good, then you are overthinking. That's when you need to stop thinking. 
table it, shelf it, put it aside. Tell yourself you're going to come back to it later. Whatever you need to tell yourself so that you're not perpetuating that even more because the more you perpetuate it, the easier it is to keep thinking about it in that way. And when you keep thinking about anything that feels bad, you're in the process of creating more of it. So get off the subject. That's not ignoring the subject. That's acknowledging, acknowledging that I felt bad when I thought that. I feel bad when I think about that subject. So when I'm feeling bad and thinking about anything, I'm not aligned with a solution. I'm not aligned with a better way. I'm not aligned with clarity. I'm aligned with confusion and overwhelm and perpetuation of that. So that's why I suggest if you can't in that moment find a little thought that brings you relief, a little thought that brings you a slightly better feeling like this really sucks to this sucks a little less. That's all I'm asking for is a shift like that, not going from feeling bad to feeling good. It's going from feeling bad to feeling tiny little less bad. That's it. And, and making your way through that, then table it for now. Go off and do something that does feel good. Think about, get yourself involved in something that you love to do. Have a conversation that feels good and uplifting. Don't go talking about that thing that felt bad unless it's for the purpose of finding a way to feel better about it, to shift your perspective on it. And why? Because you are your own point of attraction. How you feel is always an indicator of what you're in the process of creating. So do you want to create more of that? And that's not a judgment. That's just universal laws. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, again, resonating with that piece of how we can almost like go into a trance with our thoughts. Absolutely. And and almost like, you know, so these habitual thoughts become like, they can be that negative mantra that just go over and over and over. So to break the trance to say, okay, and it's not like flipping a light switch either. It's not like, oh, I have to go from zero to a hundred here. You know, I, I love, I don't know if you've ever seen that chart. There's a chart that literally talks about, we know now, you know, we can measure frequency and vibration of emotions. Yeah, And so the lowest being in despair and then the highest being in gratitude, it doesn't mean that you go from despair to gratitude. Like well, you, you said, we won't. I mean, that, not, that's not, not real. on that subject. Maybe yeah. you do feel appreciation for other things. So then point yourself over to those other things that you easily appreciate, you see, but hanging around in despair, again, it's an emotion. It's, it's real in the sense that you feel it. And it's justified in the sense that you've come to some conclusions about things that have you feeling this way, but is it necessary? Meaning, do you want to keep hanging around there? And, and a lot of people misunderstand that they can do something about their emotions. So my whole game here is, is to get people to understand that How you feel is how you feel, and it's all fine and good. No judgment. And you want to feel better. Because no one intends to live their life feeling bad. Just no one does. Everyone wants to feel good. That's a universal desire. And where people get caught in the universal human thought trap is that that thing or that person makes me feel this way. And I can't feel any differently unless and until you or that or it or they or them change. 
in some way, shape or form or improve or do the thing that I want them to do. And that is truly a universal human thought trap because you, you are powerless when you believe that. I'm hearing you so clearly, you know, we all have these external programs for happiness and the point of power, I think, is when we start to realize that happiness is actually an inside job. Always. And the point of power, to your point, is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. It's not in the future. How you feel now is all you've got. It really is. And, you know, I do this all day, every day. I'm not saying I don't feel bad. I do. There are plenty of times when I get out of alignment and, and resistant to things. But the primary thing to know here is that you know the difference. You see? So there's no judgment about where you're hanging out. It's more know the difference and keep choosing. Keep choosing. If you found yourself taking a trip, getting on a plane, and then you discover that the plane is going to a place you didn't intend to, once it landed, you wouldn't jump out of the plane, but once the plane landed, you'd hightail it onto the plane that you meant to go on. It's the same idea in terms of our daily thoughts and our daily visitations to certain subjects. Where are you relative to that subject and does it feel good? Do you feel, how do you feel? And can you feel better about that? If not, then move on to other subjects for now. Consider that tabled for now until you can come back to it and say, you know what, that's not really the way I, that's not as bad as I thought, or it's workable or, or, or whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> powerful, powerful information. You know, it really is that, that again, we can be the point of power here in the present moment and we can make a change and have a choice. I need to take a break. We need to take a break, uh, but come on back. And I'm just loving this conversation. I know you are too. Cannot wait for more with Christine Meyer, Igniting the Spark. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. We are Igniting the Spark here with Christine Meyer. We have been talking about her book, Keep it simple, smarty pants, which I love. And, you know, just some of these wonderful things around happiness and how to create change in your life, paying attention to your emotions, your inner GPS. And so during break, you know, I I was asking Christine about her own life experience around this. And, you know, you started sharing a little bit about a time where you really listened to your inner GPS that might not have been what the crowd was seeing for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I listen to my inner GPS a lot. Sometimes I ignore it. <laughs> in the, And in the case that we're going to talk about, I ignored it for a really long time. I could feel a really strong pull to go, to go. You know, I felt called toward something, didn't know what that toward what was but I could feel called and I ignored that calling for so long because I didn't want to disappoint others. I didn't want to hurt others. I didn't, I didn't want to have to explain it and it didn't really make sense to me. And so sometimes when you're 
GPS is telling you, calling you in a, in a particular direction based on the life you've lived, based on the desires that you have so far, based on what you know, what you want, and what you can allow, then your GPS is calling you. Your soul knows where you are relative to everything that you want. So I could feel this calling toward something. I wasn't resisting where I was. I was called. And, and it was going to disappoint people. But the one of the primary points I want to make here is in the choosing of your own selfish desires, if you will, we can only think through self. We can only perceive through self. We can only feel through self. And when you choose to do the thing that feels good to you and it's a calling that feels good and you move toward it, you can't be forsaking others in in that. They might not like what you're doing. They might not approve of what you're doing. But in the following of your own calling, if you will, in the following of your own GPS, how you feel about others doesn't go away. The well-being of others is not exclusive to that. It is inclusive to that. And as you demonstrate pleasing yourself, (laughs) then in those situations, you are demonstrating to others that they can do that too. And what a world that would be if we lived in a world that said, hey, you've got your GPS, I've got mine. We're going to play together. We're going to have as much fun as we possibly can. We're going to be diverse because nobody ever intended to be the same and we're going to appreciate each other's differences and I'm going to I'm going to let me tell you right off the bat I hold you I will never hold you responsible for how I feel I'm going to take care of that myself and you do that for you I do that for me and we'll be good like it would just be so freeing to understand that our roles were never we weren't born to to follow someone else's GPS. Again, let's use the car analogy. Get in your car. Don't turn your GPS on. You get in your car, Stephanie, and turn your GPS on, and I'll try and use your GPS. Would that make any sense whatsoever? Yeah, it not wouldn't, at all. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. You only follow your own GPS because it's got your coordinates. It knows what you want and where you are relative to your desires from from the time that you were born and before and so so again there have been been many instances where i have followed my own guidance that didn't look like everyone else's path that didn't look like everyone else's choices and i have paused sometimes in those moments when it looked so different these people believe this or they think that or they have done this and I'm feeling called towards something very different than, than what I've seen demonstrated for me. That can feel a little scary. That can feel like, how can I trust myself? But you've got to keep coming back to that understanding that you can be truly the one and only thing that you can trust consistently is your GPS. But you first have to come to understand that relationship between your soul and your emotions and understand that you're the one creating your reality. When you can put those three things together, which are in my book, when you can put those three things together and practice that understanding, then you increasingly will read your own GPS better and better and better and better. 
And so when we read our own GPS better and better and better, it guides us towards our ultimate happiness, joy, purpose. It really does because because you're always you are truly always being called in that direction. But whether or not you can hear that calling, and it's not a calling predestined to you outside of you by some made up non physical entities. That that's you're here creating your reality, and you're here putting forth those desires as a result of the life that you've lived, the conclusions you've made, the experiences you've had, the beliefs you've picked up along the way and your desires and all of that. So so all of that culminates into this beautiful creation that you are doing all along. And so when you're being called, you are always being called toward that. When you're not hearing the call, it's kind of like you've got a cell phone that you just never charged. Yeah. That's it, that's yeah. it. And in those moments when you're resistant to your desires, Again, you could think of it that way too. You could think of it, well, I'm just not charged up. I'm just not charged. I've got to plug in. And what does plugging in mean? Plugging in means finding ways to feel happy. That's plugging in. Plugging in is, is alignment with your broader perspective. And when you're aligned with your broader perspective in those moments, and that's a fluid thing. You know, you might look and, and see a bird flying and, and now you're, you're in alignment there. And you might think about something that happened to you yesterday that wasn't all that pleasant. And you're not out, you're not in alignment in that moment because you're feeling angry or frustrated that that happened. But we're very much reactors to life as well. So the more consistently, the more often, the more often you can practice feeling happy and good, the easier it becomes to be there. And the easier it becomes to go there again, even if or when you've observed something that's knocked you off your feet. Yeah. And I, and I want to ask you, so when you listen to that inner GPS mm -hmm. that was, you know, encouraging you to do maybe something that you were worried other people might not feel as positive about, what was the result when you listened? The result what happened? Was, the result was amazing. So, so that moment that I'm referring to was, uh, I left my first marriage back then. And then I met the person that I'm married to now. And I didn't know that that was going to go that way. I didn't know. I didn't know where I was headed. I didn't know what that calling was all about, but I opened up a whole new world to trusting myself, to following my guidance, to, to discovering new aspects of myself and creating new aspects of myself, knowing myself in different ways. And so here I am 20 years later, uh, and still with, with my husband. And we met in those moments of me opening up and allowing that calling to, to take me. I just trusted, I just trusted that wherever I was going and wherever I was going to land. And I don't think that you ever truly land anywhere. You're always in the process of becoming and evolving and going. I just trusted. I just trusted. And I could feel first and foremost, I felt called. So I, I didn't have dread. I didn't have doubt. I didn't have. And that's the other thing is I waited until I felt that clear to go. Yeah. I didn't rush it. I didn't push it. I didn't do anything before I was ready. And that too might be contrary to popular belief. In fact, sometimes we say, just go, just go anyway, jump on the horse when you're not ready. I, I do not recommend that at all. I say, work it out first, find a way to feel good about jumping on that horse and then get on. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and how much courage it takes to really listen to and follow that calling is huge. It, it can be certain situations. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, oh, I want a donut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great calling. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. And I it, truly, it, it can be, it can be very, very basic. It can be, oh, I feel like going to that store instead of that one. I feel like making a right turn instead of a left turn. I feel like connecting with this person. We have callings, we have urges, we have impulses that feel good often. And often we bury them. We justify them away. We we talk ourselves out of them. We let our doubts and our beliefs get in the way of that instead of working through those beliefs, instead of asking ourselves, what else would I rather believe about this? Because when I was considering leaving, I thought I'm a bad person. Mm. I'm a bad person for wanting this because this relationship is awesome. Why would I want to leave an awesome relationship? So I loved my way into that relationship, that first relationship. And I loved my way out of that, that relationship. Yeah. And I truly, I did. I left with such great appreciation for that person. And so it's the idea of understanding that you have charge of how you feel. You can, if I had stayed in that place of feeling like I was a bad person for making that move, I would have never listened to the calling. Mm-hmm. Or I would have done it and felt mm-hmm. guilty. So I would have done it and torn myself apart in, while doing it. Yeah. So I had to work mm-hmm. through that stuff. And and I highly recommend that for everyone is to work through that. If you're going to do it, find a way to feel good about it. Genuinely good about it. Not in a pushing against way, but in a truly moving forward way. Not putting your foot on the gas and having your foot other foot on the brake pedal at the same time go but you got to be ready to go does that make sense it does i mean i'm hearing you know having clarity and taking time and not rushing and not being in a place of ambiguity so that you actually you know you're really clear and you're like okay you know i've really listened to this calling and i think you know when i said it's really takes huge courage. I was specifically relating it to your situation because I do think it takes courage when we're making those huge decisions, right? To break out of social norms or to go against what, you know, our family or friends may say, what are you doing? And we know that, you know, the calling of our heart or soul is even bigger than that. So taking time, not rushing, really listening, that all, I mean, that I think that's all really beautiful. And you know, the question I have for you is around what is the difference when you take it to a smaller scale and it's, it's to make the right turn or it's, you know, you're kind of listening to your intuition. Should I, you know, have the donut or should I, you know, do this thing? How do you differentiate the calling from Mm. just a desire? Yeah. Well, I don't know that you, a desire is as valid as anything. You want the donut let's say, is that a calling? Well, who knows? Maybe your cells are asking for it. Maybe it's you're having a reaction to something that makes you feel like having a donut. Maybe you felt mistreated someplace and you say, I'm just going to treat myself. So you, you, so there's no one rule. There's no one you learn to discern that by paying attention to your emotions. It's like, I'm feeling the impulse to do that. Where is that coming from? right? Am I pushing Mm -hmm. against something? Am I resisting something? Am I afraid of something? 
If so, okay, great. That's great information. Do I still want to go and do that or think that or feel that or whatever? Again, it's, you give yourself the option to choose and it's a choice, you see? So discernment has to come through your own practice. Yeah. Right. That I can't tell you whether for sure, unless we're having a conversation about it and I get to ask you some questions about whether that is a calling or you're just running away from something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. So practicing this on your own and learning to discern that for yourself is truly the magic where the magic is because, because then you are paying attention. Yeah. So it's, it's an attunement that we continue to attune. Absolutely. And this will be, this is what I teach here is not a trend and it's not a fad. It's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong game of understanding yourself, understanding your emotions and understanding having some situations where you thought you were thinking this and feeling this, but you were actually thinking and feeling something very different. And how do you know? Maybe now once that's manifested, that's information for you. It's like, oh, that didn't go quite as planned. All right. How am I feeling now? And how do I, how have I been feeling leading up to this? Well, that's obvious. It's again, information, go out and live your life and pay attention to what you're thinking about and feeling about mostly, and do your best to feel the best that you can in every, at every opportunity that you can and try less about overcoming, not feeling good and do more of just feeling good. Because if you spend your life overcoming, trying to overcome the bad feelings, then what do you, what are you doing? You're focusing again in the opposite direction of where you want to go. I'm tied to a tree. Why am I tied to the tree? Why am I tied here? Is what you're saying. Why am I tied? Why am I tied to the tree? And I would just look at you and say, well, just untie yourself. Doesn't matter why you're tied to the tree, really. Just untie yourself and come on over. You see? So, so we get caught up in, in some of these situations in our lives instead of saying wait does this really where i want to be pointed and we we miss the information that's coming at us because what you believe is always being validated to you Mm -hmm. in every situation and again there's no judgment about what you do believe i believe things that i don't even know i believe until something happens and i go hmm now i see what i believed about that i thought i believed something else or i didn't even give it a thought so it's just Fabulous information for your own evolution. Well, and the beautiful thing that I just became aware of that, you know, you're speaking to is this thing of how, how incredibly empowered we are, whether we realize it or not. And that, you know, you've, we've all heard that saying thoughts are things. Yeah. Thoughts are things. Yeah. yeah, Our thoughts manifest. um, And they do. These results and they do. And so I mean, to actually know that you are the creator. I mean, when we take responsibility for our own lives, it's it's so huge. Again, you know, we're talking about truly what empowerment is about yes, here. Yes, yes, Because 100%. we're no longer victims to life or circumstances. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to blame. That does not mean that you're going to blame. You will, but then once you get your wherewithal about yourself, then you can say, okay, wait, blame felt better than feeling disempowered because if you're feeling disempowered blaming somebody else for where you're standing is feels way better but after a while that gets really old Mm -hmm. that gets really old so 
that blame is on the way to ownership. That can be part of it. Disempowerment can be part of ownership. Again, just emotional indicators along the way that you get to decide, do I want to keep blaming this person or that situation or that circumstance for where I am? Well, yes, I do. Okay, great. Then have at it. Have at it. But then keep checking in because whatever you thought about, about whatever subject that is, is where you last thought about it. And so if you don't take the time to find ways to improve how you feel about those things you don't feel good about, you are perpetuating. You're going to continue rendezvousing with more and more and more situations like that. So isn't it worth taking the time to put that into a different place? But again, I'm not asking to emphasize on the things that don't feel good. I'm asking more to put more emphasis on what does and training yourself, your mind and your pathways, kind of like, let's make this really deep groove in the path toward having that default be, what are my five favorite things about the room I'm just about to go into? What are my five favorite things about this person I'm about to speak to? What are my five favorite things about my employees that I'm about to go into a boardroom meeting with? You see, what are my five favorite things about driving my car to work instead of complaining about the drive? What are my five favorite things about my car? What are my five favorite things about the shoes I'm wearing today? doesn't matter. Yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. But as you start training your mind to identify your five favorite things about this and that and that person and this thing that you're about to do or this thing that you're doing, you train your vibration, you train your frequency into a higher frequency, which what helps you resonate and match up with rendezvous with things of higher frequency, period. So if you're always looking to the things that are bothersome, then you're bothered. And that's a different frequency. So that's why I encourage people, okay, that happened. Maybe you were oblivious to it. Let's see, did you feel that coming? Yes, I did. I felt the negative emotion and didn't do anything about it. Awesome, great, fine. Moving forward, practice feeling good as often as you can. And when you bump into those things, then try to do something about it in the moment. Try to do something about those things you don't feel good about by finding a different perspective, softly, gently, a little bit at a time. I talk about that in my book where I say, if you're on one side of the stream and it's a 20 foot stream and you want to get over to the other side and, and we, you and I were talking and you said to me, Christine, I want to get over to the other side. I'd say, okay, great. You can do that. And you'd say, all right, well, I'm just going to jump then. I'm just going to jump. And I would say, all right, go for it, Stephanie, and see if you make that. Mm-hmm. And I'd let you try it. And, and you'd make one big leap and it would might be five feet out and you'd fall flat on your face. And you say, I can't do this. I can't get over to the other side. I'd say, well, come on out. Let's, let's chat. And I'd ask you a few questions and you'd say, well, yeah, I still want to get over there. And I'd say, well, what, how can you get over there then? There's, there's a way to do it because anything that you want, you can have anything, anything you can, you want, you can imagine accomplishing, you can. So you would say, well, you know, maybe I'll go over and grab some stepping stones. I'll go grab some stones and I'll put them at these little spaces, space them evenly along the stream across the 20 feet. Then maybe I can get there. I would say, aren't you smart? Look at you. You figured it out. And that's exactly what that emotional shifting your emotions is all about, is taking little stepping stones, not big leaps, because you'll fall flat, flat on your face and you'll say, I can't do it. I can't do it. And no wonder you can't because there's momentum going in the opposite direction right now. But if you put little stepping stones and just reach for a better feeling thought, reach for the feeling that you want to feel and see if you can bring thoughts that feel like that into your mind, 
then you will be getting across that stream. And soon enough, eventually you will be over on that other side of the stream, which in this conversation, the other side of the stream is feeling better or the desired goal, the, desi the desire. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that analogy as well. I love it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. You know, just just on how we get there. And before the show, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the goal really is, I mean, people want to feel happy. They want to feel joy. There is nothing wrong with that. That that is I think the, our innate desire. That's such a good point. So, 100% across the board, there's no one there's no one that you know that does not want to feel good. To your point, though, I love that you made that point, that so many people think that it's wrong to feel good. So many people think that it's wrong to be joyful in a world where there's all kinds of things happening. And guess what? Yeah, there are all kinds of things happening. We're not pretending that those things aren't happening. But being lacking joy for yourself is not benefiting that. Being unhappy yourself does not make other people happy. A lot of people want you to join them in that their unhappiness. But before you do that, consider what that is doing to your own frequency. Consider what that is doing to your own creations in the making. When you go join people and feel bad with them, what are you perpetuating? Think about that. Because going and joining the crowd who is not feeling good is not benefiting you nor is it benefiting the crowd that you went and joined. That doesn't mean that you isolate yourself and don't care about things. That just means if you're going to join groups of any kind, find ways to elevate yourself, find ways to be in the thought forms, if you will, of feeling good about those subjects, because then you can contribute way more to the solutions that people are seeking than you will if you're joining the frequency of the problem. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with joy. Joy is the, has a lot of momentum and you don't get to joy instantly. You might have blunder into joy. You might have joyful moments. Something you observe makes you joyful, but that's fleeting for most people. So how do you sustain joy? Well, you practice feeling good. You practice feeling good a little bit at a time. And then eventually that momentum carries you into joy. Will you feel joyful all the time? Well, you'll observe things that won't feel joyful, but can you reach joy again and again and again and again? Yes, you can. And joy is extremely important. Joy is how your soul feels. You're not joyful right now because you're focused on whatever it is that you're focused on in a way that is different from how your soul is viewing that. And that's it. And that's it. But there's no one alive who does not want to be happy. It's just they yeah. misunderstand the importance of being happy and joyful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I absolutely feel like this is such an essential message. Again, you know, really for the times that we're in and that we can practice being in joy and really raise our baseline of happiness and joy. I love know, that you so said that. Yes. Yeah, so that things will, you know, circumstances and events are going to continue to happen in our lives. And yet we can return to that baseline as we practice this and it's higher and higher levels. Yeah, and, and to your, I love that you said that, your baseline, because your baseline 
really your baseline rises raises rises as you as you play these good feeling games as you focus on the five favorite things about this and this and this your baseline will raise interesting it just goes up <laughs> yeah it just goes up not funny i'm stuck on that one what That's is okay. that and, I love and it. so as you do that then then the solutions that you were seeking the clarity that you're seeking and the desires that you have towards the problems of the world you contribute to those solutions the better you feel do you understand yeah. how impactful yes. that is how powerful that is it's exponentially powerful yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah, it's awesome. So, Christine, I could keep talking to you all day, and I likewise. <laughs> and I just I thank you so much for sharing all this vital information. How can people get in touch with you, and how can they get your book? Oh, uh, my book is on Amazon. Uh, it's Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants, and I'm on LinkedIn, Christine Meyer Coaching. I'm on. Facebook and Instagram, Christine Meyer Coaching. So I'm consistent across the board. My website is Christine Meyer Coaching. Feel free to email me if with any questions or just reach out and tell me what you thought about this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing this wisdom. And really, I mean, I, I feel as people hear this, it gives them hope that they can actually ignite, you know, those sparks within themselves. I hope so, because truly people do want to feel those sparks. They do. And everyone deserves to be happy. Everyone deserves to be happy. There's no one that's unworthy of happiness. And yet that is an inside job. That's not up to somebody else to do it for you. That is, that is 100% an inside job. Will you have people that you rendezvous with that help you feel good, that, that are just cooperative components to, to just making it easy for you to feel good. Yes. But there will also be those people who don't and those situations out in the world that don't. And is, is the point to give up is the point to say, well, I'm not going to be happy because this is how it is. Or do you decide that, Hey, I'm worthy. I'm deserving of feeling good and happy. And I'm going to do something about it because the, it's in my charge. It's my agency. It's in my agency to do something about it not someone else. When you hand it to someone else, you do feel powerless because unless they do this or say that, then you're unhappy. It's conditional upon them being or doing or saying certain things. That's powerless. And so in my opinion, no wonder people are feeling so powerless right now out in the world because we are assigning a lot of blaming. And it's not to say that there aren't things happening that we want improvements on. But as you continue to blame and point fingers and regurgitate those old stories, we're not getting any further along. So it's bringing it back, as you said, you know, as we've talked about in this episode to that inside job where we start, you know, and, and the way, Christine, I, I define it is we start excavating that spark that is yeah. us, that is our essence. Yeah, yeah revealing That is who it, right? we truly we are. We, yeah. yeah, exactly. You reveal so, that spark. Yeah. And it's, it's there, it's within us, even when, you know, it feels like it's really covered up. And, you know, I love the Sufis would say, you know, that we have many veils as we're getting to our essence. And so our job is to continue to lift the veils. Yeah. And I, I love that. And so we all have the ability to get there. It's within each one of us. It's absolutely who we're born to be these joyous, happy spirits. And that that is yeah. what changes the world as and, we share and that. 
Absolutely. And, you know, this relates to everything across the board. Some business people listening into this might think, well, how does that apply to business? But you're the you inside the business. And as you become more elevated, you elevate the culture, you elevate the relationships within the company, you elevate the results as well. And you point more toward, you align more with the vision and the desired outcomes. And so everything improves when you start approaching like this way. You can, everything improves exponentially that has anything to do with you. Why? Because you're elevating your frequency. You're allowing yourself to rise up. And as you rise, guess what? Everyone else does too. Yeah. I mean, this is the definition of effective leadership. And that's why I think it's so essential that this that this information gets out to business people as well as lay people, as well as all of us, you know, this this is the essential message, right? right? But, but it's not exclusive to just your, you know, in air quotes here, your personal life. This is, this is you in the world. This is you in the world. And, and you have a relationship with everything that you think about. Every single thing that you think about, you have a relationship with. And that's not our, our normal perspective of relationship. But everything that you think about, you have a relationship with. And so isn't it worth tending to those relationships? So powerful, Christine. So powerful. I just invite everyone to check out this book and look for the new, there's new book coming out in 2024. Yep. In 2020, Smarty Pants series, which I love. I love. Yep. Yeah. A series of books under that title. And uh, the next one is going to be on relationships. A lot of what we talked about here today, but relationships. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. I look forward to it so much. And I look forward to our next conversation. Christine, thank you so much for being here on The Spark. Thank you. It was a joyful experience. Really fun. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.